Hey, hey, everyone. This is the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. I'm going to tell you about two very different people that I recently spoke to on the phone for my free breakthrough calls. As you know, I often do these calls where I help people kind of sort out, you know, what prevents them from finding love or just where they're getting stuck in their lives. And as I'm describing each of these callers, I want you to guess who ended up hiring me and finding success in their life. Okay, so the first person was that of a woman whose personal goal was to have a healthy relationship that turns into marriage. Now, she was successful in her career, she was really well off financially, had access to many resources, had a ton of friends, I mean, very active social life. Everybody loved her, lived in a gorgeous house, had an amazing figure, clothes to match. And actually, friends would tell her how together she is and how strong she is. And in fact, people often looked up to her. So, you know, that's what she told me. So I asked her, well, okay, so I'm confused. You know, you're, you're painting a very like picture perfect life. What is preventing you from finding love? And she proceeded to tell me that her biggest obstacle was having the confidence to speak up for herself in an authentic way and express her true feelings, and that she tended to pick men who were narcissistic in nature. And she admitted that she was constantly like comparing herself to others, and although she seemed pretty, quote unquote, together to others, that she always would strive for perfection. And she never deep inside felt good enough or fulfilled. And she said that she was motivated to change, but she was also scared to death of failing. All right. So that was caller number one. Now, caller number two was a woman who had undergone tremendous adversity. She was a Native American who grew up in a community that ostracized her for her ethnicity. And as a child, she disclosed that she was physically and emotionally abused by family members and was not allowed to express her feelings. As she grew up, people and the kids in school made fun of her constantly. She was always teased by the, you know, for the way she looked. She did not have a great dating or relationship experience where she would attract abusive men and often in toxic situations. But she did have one thing, her music and her dance. And that she really incorporated in her life. In fact, she used her creative outlet and turned it into a successful career as a music teacher, but still experiencing constant criticism even in the school system and was blamed a lot. And she could see that she kept being put in this victim role somehow, but she didn't understand why it kept happening to her. She didn't make much money, and she had very few resources, and she said she was motivated to change and was ready to look fear straight in the eye as she did many times before. So that was caller number two. So after listening to each one, who do you think ended up hiring me, breaking through barriers, and having success in their life? Okay, if you said 
caller number one, you would be incorrect. It was caller number two. Why do you ask? You see, although caller number one had the resources and her life seemingly together, her fear of failure and constant need for others' approval actually prevented her from moving forward. The need for approval and avoidance of rejection gets so deeply ingrained, and that stems from childhood. But tying your self-worth into what other people think can really set you up for disappointment because you'll forego what matters most to you by doing things you believe will make other people happy rather than yourself. And when you let go of the need to please, you're free to be yourself. Otherwise, you're only trying to get people to like you by pretending to be someone else. So in reality, even if they approve of your actions, it's not the real you that they like. So this discontent is the result of being disconnected with your authentic self. And that attracts, guess what, lopsided relationships like narcissists she kept encountering. And it also can prevent you, like her, from change because you are so focused on pleasing others rather than chancing a failure in your mind. Now, caller number two had been through way more adversity, right? Like you would think... How could she move forward? She had setbacks. She had a lack of resources. She lived in an environment that constantly ostracized her. So you would think that she would be a setup for failure in the end. But the truth is, is that she had some key elements it takes to succeed. She had the resilience, she had the drive, and she had the ability to look at fear in the face and get past it as she was doing in her entire life. So she didn't take fear at face value. She learned to become curious and examine facts objectively and saw her failures, especially after she was coaching with me, as lessons that allowed her to get better by learning from mistakes. She, in fact... And this is the honest to God truth. She gave me four different credit cards to pay for her coaching in the beginning because she wanted it so bad. She did every single homework assignment I gave her. And by the end, she was promoted at work. She even made friends with some people she thought were her enemies there. She created a special music program in the school that won her a ton of accolades and started dating healthy men with confidence and ease. But most of all, and this is what she told me at the end, she really learned to love herself. So success would be something easy to to achieve, right? I mean, if it weren't for success barriers, it would be easy. You would just see something, you'd go for it, and you'd get it. But the trouble is, is that in reality, there are constant walls in front of you, and that can prevent you from reaching what you want. And in order to reach it, You need to find a way to go over, around, under, or through these walls. Unfortunately, most of these walls can be surmounted and, in fact, can make you stronger and be the catalyst to your success. It's not always easy, but it's almost always possible. And I have somebody on the line today who lives and breathes this. Talk about making success possible after going through adversity. She's an incredible woman who is going to inspire all of you with her story to break those barriers to achieve anything you want in your life. She's a serial entrepreneur, international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and leading expert in helping people and organizations adapt to change. 
She is the CEO of Beyond Barriers, a global leadership platform that is on a mission to close the gender gap by helping women gain momentum with adaptive strategies, digital age skills, access to resources, and peer accountability cohorts. She is the founder of Beyond Curious, an award-winning digital innovation agency that partners with large companies to unlock innovation with agile processes, design thinking, and diverse cultures. In English, this all means she's like, a badass, okay? She's won all these numerous awards, including America Entrepreneur Winning Women, recognized as LA Women of Influence by the Business Journals, and Women of Entrepreneurship by the LA Lakers and Comerica Bank. In other words, again, she is a true testament of how you can break barriers to really succeed. And her inspires story of turning barriers into breakthroughs have been featured in national media, including Fortune and Forbes. Her successes has been given her global platform of influence as a fierce advocate for diversity. She's a thought leader and expert. She's passionate about making the world more inclusive and innovative. And she graduated not with one, not with two, but three master's degrees <laughs> and deeply curious, lifelong learner. Welcome, Nikki Barua. Thank you for having me, Kim. So great to be on your show. Oh my God. It's so good having you. And, you know, I, I started out, you know, talking about those two callers because, you know, I think sometimes people think that you have to have a lot in order to get a lot, right, to succeed. And you, you know, other than this bio, that's this terrific bio that I just read <laughs> is like so badass. I think it's your story that inspired me the most. And I know it's going to inspire others. I, I, I know some of it, but I don't know all of it. Can you share a little bit about that and like how it really helped you kind of come into this whole thing? Absolutely. So the bio is the after part of the story. The before <laughs> part is really where the juice is, right? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned I've got three master's degrees, which you forgot to mention is that I have a PhD in failure. You know, I've mastered the art of failing and getting up again and again and again. And because mm. I refuse to give up and keep breaking through all those barriers, uh, it's really, that's the only reason I've been able to level up and uh, keep achieving new levels of success. Wow. Uh, wow. Well, can you share a little bit of your journey and, and like how you, you know, kind of came into all the success? Absolutely. So I, I want to start by sharing a, a very special story that uh, in so many ways kind of sums up um, how I look at life and, and what has shaped me. Um, so I, I grew up in India and when I was a little girl, there weren't a whole lot of successful female role models in Indian mm -hmm. society at that time. And it was a very different time. It was a closed economy. There was not a lot of exposure to Western media and all of that. And I was this young girl with big dreams and my dad did something that was so special. Um, he, uh, created this collage on the inside of my closet door 
and with pictures of inspiring women, uh, top leaders, and uh, just great female role models. And in the center of that collage, he sketched out my face and wrote my name. But he didn't say a word about it to me. He didn't say, hey, I want you to grow up to be like these women, or I want you to have ambition and uh, be successful. He just simply kept adding to those pictures. And in the center of all those amazing, inspiring women was my picture. So every day when I opened my closet door, I would look at this collage and I felt like they were my friends. I felt like I belonged amongst them and that I could be just like them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the more I kind of uh, studied the stories and, and studied their lives, it, it was the common theme was that they all had uh, probably failed more than the average person. They all had struggled and faced bigger obstacles than the average person. But what made them unique, what they made them such shining examples was that they never gave up and they kept uh, raising their skill set, elevating their mindset to be bigger than the problems that they faced. And that was so influential in shaping my thinking, even as a young girl. And so with that inspiration, with all of my big dreams, um, I believe that America was the place where those dreams would come true. So I set off with a one-way ticket to America in 1997, 250 bucks in my pocket and a suitcase full of really unfashionable clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew you back then. I would have totally oh, helped you. <laughs> you would not want to know me back then if you saw what was in that suitcase. Uh, that was uh, just horrifying. Now, I actually have a picture of the day I landed. Uh, at, at the airport in Boston. And, uh, you know, my picture from back then is a very humbling reminder of where I come from. And, and so I arrived here with really no resources and, and nothing except for my dreams. And I very quickly realized that I was very different from everybody else. Here I was, um, you know, my first time leaving home, my home mm -hmm. country and coming to this foreign land where people drive on the wrong side of the road. I did not know the difference between a nickel oh. and a, <laughs> a quarter. I like, I did, I'd never used a washing machine before. I didn't know how to cook. I mean, I was just completely clueless and lost. Wow. And on top of that, here I was, you know, this poor immigrant kid you know, who's non-white, who's female and uh, gay and short. I'm four feet 11 and I'm standing surrounded by giants that were so much taller than me. And, you know, like they look different, they dress different. I, they sounded different. And at first mm. I tried to be like everybody else. My first reaction uh, was I don't yeah. fit in. I need to be like everybody else. And comparison became my prison because I just compared myself to everybody else. And I felt like, I need to look like them, sound like them, be like them, dress like them. And I just copied everyone around me. What I realized very quickly is that the more I became like everybody else, the less there was of me to see. Mm. And there was less of me that I could recognize and feel comfortable in my own skin. And frankly, the more I struggled, the more I was just you know, fitting the norm, the less success I attracted. And uh, it didn't take me very long to realize this is just painful. I'm uncomfortable in my skin. I'm frankly struggling to survive or succeed. And this is just not working. Well, I'm just going to go back to what I know and who I am. And, and that collage came back to mind as the inspiration of I'm meant to be 
stepping into my own greatness and standing in my own light. I'm not meant to be like everybody else. And that's when I, you know, shed all of those layers of, um, you know, falsehoods and, and uh, the image that I've created to simply choose to be who I am and my, and be unapologetically authentic. And it, it was so quick from that point on that I became super successful at work. I was able to find my voice, find my own gift and talent and play to my strengths, uh, speak up with confidence because I believed in my own message. And at a very young age, very quickly scaled the top of big public corporations and became a very successful corporate executive um, in a major multi-billion dollar company. And I was barely 27 years old at the time. And, uh, you know, from that success, you know, achieved a lot of career success. Um, and just when everything is going great, you know, you think, wow, I've made it. I, I you know, came as an immigrant, but I made my way. I've become successful. You know, that's when the universe decides to teach you a lesson and remind you that you're not yeah. invincible. And so uh, at the height of all of my successes in 2008, I lost everything I had. You know, if you recall, the market had crashed at that time. And not only did I lose everything, but uh, my partner committed suicide. Um, oh. and. And it was a really, really devastating time to kind of go through that experience and to lose um, someone I deeply loved, but also everything I had. And in one fell swoop, I went from doing well and being successful and finding my voice to losing it all over again. And it was almost like the first time I'd come to America, right? It was like I was resourceless mm -hmm. all over again. And so this giant obstacle just appeared out of nowhere. And I have to be honest, in that moment, there's a part of you that wants to just give up, right? There's a part of you that says, gosh, not again. Like I've barely just come through all of these hardships. I've barely just made it. Why me? And you want to just pity yourself and say, why me? And I just give up. I don't have the energy. And those are the moments when you're being challenged to step into, you know, the best parts of yourself. And for me, every time I face that, that collage from my childhood has been the guiding light. And I always think about that and think about the obstacles um, that one must overcome because the obstacles are the path to the opportunity. And I'd find the courage, find the strength within myself and have the faith to overcome the fear. And so i went through that very difficult experience in my life, found my way. I decided to launch my own business. I decided I wanted to do something more meaningful and not just, um, you know, do the job that I had. So I quit my job, decided to start my own company thinking, you know, I have a great idea. Of course, it's going to be successful. And like any entrepreneur uh, can attest, it's not always that simple, right? Just because you have a great idea doesn't mean customers come uh, flocking right. through you. I faced 300 rejections, 300 rejections. 300, wait, I just want to highlight that. 300 <laughs> rejections. 300 rejections uh -huh. where okay. it was like radio silence. I mean, here I was mm -hmm. the, all the people, by the way, that I had already done business with, that had known me as a successful person, that had known what I could offer to them. And yet it was radio silence. Like, it's like people just disappeared, you know, when I said, mm -hmm, after, mm -hmm. and, and so after all of those rejections and radio silence, uh, I finally got 
one small opportunity and uh, to to basically like bid on something. And I thought, okay, here's my golden opportunity. Of course, I'm going to be successful. Well, didn't quite work out. I failed. I lost that deal. So I went back and asked for feedback um, and tried to do a better job the next time. Well, I bid a second time. I failed again. I went back and asked for feedback. I bid again, failed a third time. Went back and asked for feedback, got slightly better, went and bid a fourth time, failed again. That happened 11 times, back to back to back. I had 11 massive failures back to back. And each time I failed, I went back and asked for uh, feedback. And I asked how I could create even more value for my customers and how I could do an even better job. Because what I have learned is that failure is simply feedback. If you Mm. listen to what you need to learn in that moment, you can keep refining and getting better. And so obviously I was a slow learner. It caused me, (laughs) it took me 11 failures to figure this out. And, but on the 12th time, when I finally cracked the code, I built a multi-million dollar global business that won numerous awards, was recognized as one of the top woman-owned businesses, became hugely successful. And, uh, you know, it's, it, Throughout that journey, you know, as much as I've been spotlighted for my successes and my story has been featured and all of that, the, the, the real superpower that I've learned that I have is being able to adapt to change quickly because change is the only real constant that we have. So whether it was coming to America and that was a huge change or it was figuring out how to uh, adapt to a new environment, figure out how to succeed in corporate America or switch from having a job to becoming an entrepreneur, that was a change or how do you learn to become a better entrepreneur? Um, And then I wrote a book and learning how to become a best-selling author and serving my audience even down to becoming a paid public speaker, those are things that I'd never done before. But I believed in myself and my message and the value that it would create for my audience. And each time I would face that fear and I would take the next steps and I would deal with the obstacles and the barriers in my way and I would keep putting one foot after the next and moving forward. And eventually success becomes inevitable. And that wow. is really the greatest lessons that I've learned through every single thing I've ever done. Wow. I, I just finished my popcorn, by the way. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, normally I would interject and have more conversation. It was just, it's such a beautiful story. And, I, and I'm saying this in a very, and I mean this as a positive thing. As you're telling it, it was almost like watching a Disney movie of some sort because there's this fantastical element to it where you're like, transforming yourself, you know, and I, and I, I could literally see you transforming yourself over and over again, getting past these barriers as you, as you were going through the story. And what's funny is that in the beginning of the story, you actually were more like caller number one, like you were shape-shifting into what other people you thought wanted to see. And it wasn't until you stepped into your authenticity and facing your fears that you started, you know, kind of breaking through those barriers, like you said, you know, one by one and not giving up and, and looking at failures feedback. I mean, there were so many beautiful lessons along that yellow brick road as you took us down that, um, I, I just, you know, wanted to highlight. So, you know, as, as I was listening to, I wondered, 
I mean, and, and the reason why the Disney movie metaphor kind of came to my mind is that I can, I can hear a lot of people listening. It's like, well, that's great. Like she somehow was able to kept, she kept getting up from the boxing rink and she just kept going. And a lot of people don't have that motivation, you know, like so many people would have given up. What, besides that vision board, because you actually had to be motivated to even visualize that board for yourself, what internally drove you to keep getting up and, and moving forward? Well, I wasn't always motivated, nor can I say that I'm uh, still always motivated. Um, okay. Because um, every time I've, uh, you know, life has hit me sideways and you get punched in the face, um, it, it does, you know, deflate you. There's yeah. only human to feel like that. You know, you can't, um, you know, I certainly can pretend that I'm uh, just, you know, just so full of energy and positivity and nothing ever, you know, even when things go wrong, I just have a big smile on my face and I'm jumping back into the ring and saying, bring it on. I absolutely get deflated. <laughs> I mm. absolutely lose my confidence and, um, you know, lose my motivation, but I don't let that emotion and that setback hold me back for too long. I almost have like this 90 second rule of any time that happens, I give myself 90 seconds to feel like crap. <laughs> oh, I like this. Okay. So how do you do that? Like, do you cry? Do you wallow in it? Do well, you whatever, set a timer? I, it, whatever it is that I'm feeling, I don't want well, one. I, I've learned not to run away from my feelings because okay, good. the more you try to avoid it, the more it persists. So, um, you know, when I shared uh, the setbacks I went through in 2008, I mean, that was massive. That was a, a completely devastating, losing everything in my life kind of situation. And there's, you know, I certainly did not have it in me to smile my way through it. So there was a long period of time where I was depressed, in fact, borderline suicidal. There were days when I did not want to live, I did not want to mm. get out of bed, and it was extremely painful. But I did not look at it in absolute terms to say, gosh, I've been depressed for six months. Instead, I looked at it as, um, well, I feel pretty crappy right now. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you kind of reduce the amount of time because when we magnify something and make it seem like, gosh, I've been unlucky my whole life, or I've been, yeah. you know, unemployed for two years, or I've been, um, you know, single for four years, you know, the more we magnify it, the more impossible it feels. And what I've learned is to make big problems smaller. So instead of feeling like, oh, I've been feeling depressed for three weeks in a row, I just make it like, well, I feel kind of sad right now. And okay, 90 seconds, two minutes, whatever I want to give myself. And then I'm just going to change my state. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to last. I might not figure out how to be in a better mood for more than an hour and might go back to being unhappy. But each time mm -hmm. I kind of train myself to snap out of it in small little chunks, it just makes things a little bit easier and it interrupts your pattern because oftentimes even feeling bad for ourselves is a habit. You know, it's what we have trained ourselves to feel if we, um, and so what I have 
learned is interrupting my own pattern. So when I get stuck in a groove of a negative pattern, I just look at how can I interrupt that pattern and how can I create a pattern that's more positive. Um, and so it's those little things that are triggers, that are physical mm-hmm. triggers of saying, okay, how do I snap out of that pattern? And then what are the things to be grateful for in this situation that will help me have an upward momentum because momentum is extremely powerful, but momentum can either go upwards or downwards and you have to do something to make it go the direction you want it to do. Because if you don't do it, we'll naturally keep having downward momentum and that's dangerous. So even through the toughest times, I've figured out how to snap out of downward momentum and start going upwards and figure out the the things that um, have worked for me specifically are number one, make a big problem smaller. Number two, take one tiny step in a positive direction. And number three, you know, stay in the present. Don't dwell on everything in the past and everything in the future. If you stay in the present, then you're just looking at that tiny step and the tiny action you're taking right then. I love that. And I just want to highlight what you're saying. And it it just, it's so synergistic with what I help my clients with too, is that it's all about balance. You know, it, I, so many times I see people either wallowing in their sorrows and staying in the, you know, feeling but for too long, or they're running past it like the Energizer bunny and they're numbing out, right? Yeah. And so what I love what you're saying is it's, it's actually doing both, you know, and both are really important part of the healing process and, and helping people like motivate to change because you have to honor where you're at. You have to like really identify your feelings in order to move past it because either extreme doesn't work, you know, it always backfires down the line. So that's such a beautiful process. And I, I mean, I, I love how you did like step-by-step, step, you know, so just to review, you know, I love the 90 second rule because it's something that everybody can do. I mean, I would even encourage people to set a timer, honestly, because also in your mind, sometimes time is different than the reality of it. It might feel longer or shorter, right? And so then going through those, you know, sitting in it, identify it, make the bigger problems smaller, break the pattern, and then take action so that you have that momentum to move forward. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. So I have a a big question for you because obviously we talk a lot about dating here. How did you use some of these tools to attract a beautiful partner in your life? (laughs) Um, Well, that's a great question. So uh, first off, uh, I have to admit that uh, for many years, I did everything wrong in my personal life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean this part wasn't perfect neither? <laughs> yeah. So even when I figured out how to uh, achieve professional success and financial success, mm-hmm. I kind of figured that out faster. Uh, and, um, you know, I went from trying to be like everyone else to like finding my authentic self and my own voice, my own message. And suddenly professionally, I became successful. Financially, things were amazing. And, um, you know, I became influential and all of that. But much like uh, the two phone call examples you gave, I was a lot like the first person. Mm, mm-hmm. 
everything was great professionally, but you know, you look behind the scenes into my personal life and especially my romantic life, it was an absolute disaster, which I will not start to share on air, but let's just suffice it to say that I could not have been a greater magnet for uh, all the wrong people um, <laughs> that were wrong for me. That right, you know, right. might have been great, but they were wrong for me. And I just almost magically attracted all of them. Um, what I discovered, and this was actually an amazing intervention by a friend of mine who one day said, you know, that she had never met anyone with such a strong vision for their professional life that had zero vision for their personal life. <laughs> and when she shared that, it occurred to me that is so true. I've never actually had a clear vision of, um, you know, the kind of person I want to share my life with, but even more importantly, the kind of person I need to be to attract that person and to be worthy of being with that person that I too had work to do, but I didn't have a vision at all. So how could I step into, how could I achieve a goal that I'd not even defined? And so that intervention kind of led me to uh, doing something really powerful. I uh, first of all set about uh, really sort of getting clear on my vision, which I'd never asked myself those questions. What kind of person do I want to be with? You know, what are their qualities? What kind of life do I want? You know, what does our shared experience look like? Who do Wait, I Wait, did you make a vision board like you did, did. when you were a little girl? I, I'm, I, I'm seeing where this is going already. Like, yeah, did you I did it. I, all the cute, I cute people around you and what, yeah. who you wanted to attract? <laughs> well, it, it was more about the feelings and the experiences uh, rather than the visual of what the person looked like. And, um, and then I wrote a letter and I wrote a uh, six page letter that described in vivid detail what my partner would be like every single Ooh. thing, you know, um, what they, you know, what they're like, what they uh, care about, what their values are, you know, what they like to do for fun. I mean, I literally manifested this vision of this person. And then I also described what I'm like, you know, what did they bring out in me and uh, what are we like together? And I wrote that letter. And actually after that, I forgot all about it. And I kind of put it away in my journal and did not really dwell about it. But the mere act of visualizing with absolute clarity and certainty what I mm -hmm. wanted and being able to put that down with intention and know exactly what is right and more importantly know what is wrong for me led to one very significant change after that i no longer invited anyone that did not fit that profile in my life like i refused to even you know i mean it, it just clarified my focus and within six months i had met you know the person that fit that letter to a t and uh, mm. we've been together for three years and got married a year and a half ago. Mm. And um, I have truly, uh, I've found my soulmate and uh, she is everything I described in that. And I have become everything I described myself as needing to be, to be worthy of that kind of relationship. That's so awesome. And you know, the thing too, what you were saying, I see a lot 
a lot of times happen is that you'll focus on one area of your life. And in your case, it was your career. And you, you even said earlier in your story that you finally cracked the code where you became more confident in this area of your life. And so we usually get more focused on areas that we're confident in and we neglect the areas that we're not so <laughs> confident in. Or, you know, and it usually takes like that aha moment that you experience from that person to, to gain some clarity and focus to do the same things that you did in other areas of your life to have success and bring it over to the other part, you know? And sometimes like, it's almost like a dumb moment, you know, like we, of course, like it worked over here. Why can't, you know, I should be doing that over in this part of my life, but you know, we're, we're not really fulfilled or complete until we have, you know, if we've looked at all of these areas in our life, because what shows up in one area of our life often leaks into others. And, and I see this over and over and over again. So, it's not until everything starts coming together where you really know that you've done the work, right? And getting there. And obviously your success is a true testament of how you can attract both love and money. So all of you listening out there, there's no excuse after listening to, to Nikki. So you, you really are an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that uh, what I have learned is that the, parts of my life where I experienced scarcity of yeah. any kind were simply the result, first of all, of not even having clarity on what I really wanted. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. oftentimes um, I, I meet people that uh, will talk about how they want uh, more money or want to get rich. And one of the first things I'll ask them, well, well how much? You know, like if you want to get rich, well, how much do you want? What does rich mean to you? Because it means something different to everyone, right? Um, so do you have an exact number in mind? And I can tell you 99% of the time, there is no answer to that question. Mm. And it's the same for love. It's like, okay, I want love and I want a relationship. Well, what kind and like who, what does that uh, what does the like? partner look like? Right. What does that yeah. relationship look like? Or I want to be successful. Well, what does success actually mean to you? Right. Yeah. So the, uh, having absolute clarity um, in, in ways that are meaningful to you personally, as opposed to saying, oh, I want to be rich and I want a Lamborghini like my neighbor in Beverly Hills does is meaningless because that doesn't necessarily, it may not mean anything to you. So simply chasing something because someone else has it is not really um, authentic or relevant to yourself. We get what we truly desire in our own hearts. And so a great first step is getting clear on that. I love that. And it's great parting words for this episode. Awesome. Nikki, can you share with everybody how people can find you? If there's anything that's going on in your world that you want to share with people? Yes, um, I would uh, invite your guests and your audience to connect with me on my website at NikkiBarua.com. That's N-I-K-K-I-B as in boy, A-R-U-A.com. And if you go to NikkiBarua.com forward slash free, you can get a free copy of my book, Beyond Barriers, where I share not only the exact strategies that have repeatedly helped me overcome barriers and turn my uh, obstacles into opportunities, but also share inspiring stories of incredible women that have uh, achieved massive success in their lives. So I'd love to mm -hmm. share that gift with your uh, audience and uh, invite them to connect with me there. 
I'd love to offer that. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for just sharing your story, your heart, your wisdom, all of it and, and coming on. It's been so it's it really it was such a beautiful story. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And of course, y'all, it's been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you want help to break through your barriers, whatever they may be, sign up for the free breakthrough call that I was talking about and follow the link in the show description so I can help you get there. Don't be like caller number one and stay in fear forever. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.